0: From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope this episode finds you doing well in your world. This week on Uniquely Kentucky, I had the opportunity to sit down one on one with Kentucky's new Lieutenant Governor, Jacqueline Coleman. She'll be the state's fifth female, second in command. She has a passion for civics, having taught the subject for many years. She is the daughter of a former state rep and has the DNA of an NBA champion running through her veins. Take a listen as we talk about her new role, what basketball has taught her in life, and why the lieutenant governor's role isn't the biggest one she's taking on. Jacqueline, since election night, what have the last several
1: weeks been like for you? It has been very surreal. Um, you know, you work for a year and a half campaigning every day and traveling the state and um, working so hard in campaign mode. And then it's all it all of a sudden shifts to now we have to transition and essentially um, build a government in four weeks. And I think Kentucky has one of the quickest turnarounds in the nation. Um, and so it, it has been Uh, there's, there's uh, no rest for the weary, I think. (laughs) I
0: bet not. Jacqueline, you spent a lot of time out on the campaign trail. You met with a lot of Kentuckians. You did a lot of listening. What did you take away from your time meeting with all of those folks as you crisscrossed the state?
1: You know, that's the best part of this is, is all of the people that I've met along the way. Uh, Many have become friends. um, And, I've learned so much. You know, I taught high school civics and one of the things that I tried to teach my students over the years was the importance of civil discourse and being able to talk to people um, and and hear them even when you may not see eye to eye. And if anything, I've learned that we're really not as different as some, some, um, I think, um, situations may make us feel. We're all Kentuckians. And we all, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our kids have the best opportunity to a quality public education. We want to make sure that um, our pensions are there for the folks that we've made a promise to, that we have access to health care, and that our families have good jobs. Um, you know, that, those are not partisan issues. And at the end of the day, um, every Kentuckian wants that for their family. And that's what I was uh, able to talk about with so many people across the state.
0: It seems like throughout your life, there have been two central themes for you, both basketball and politics. Both are somewhat ingrained in you. Tell me what basketball has taught you over the years and how you use that both in the classroom, and now going forward in public service.
1: Right. So I grew up playing basketball. Um, I am the granddaughter of a former NBA champion. Um, he was 6'8", and I, I joke that my grandmother was 4'11", so I'm not very tall. <laughs> um, but I played uh, basketball my whole life here in Kentucky. I was a high school girls basketball coach for over a decade, and, and I know most counties by their high school gym mm-hmm. um, before I started campaigning, and it the, the lessons I learned both as a player player and a coach, um, about how you work as hard as you can and you leave it all out there, and that's that's ultimately what we did when we campaigned, Um, you know, about working with people from different backgrounds towards a common goal, right, and having to figure out how to coach and motivate um, and incentivize players um, to reach something, you know, to to be successful, to win, Um, and to also know that sometimes... um, just because you don't win doesn't mean that there's not a lesson in it. And so, you know, all of the all of the lessons that I learned as a competitive athlete and coach, I think, have prepared me more for this than anything. And, and some people may think that sounds a little odd, but I think if you've ever coached or played, you understand what that means.
0: I have, and I know exactly what you're talking about, and I totally get that. Uh, you have really taken the ultimate civics lesson and turned it into reality. Um, for yourself when did you first know that public service was in your game plan uh, you are the daughter of a former state rep did you have that exact moment where you knew you felt compelled uh, to run for something
1: well you know i was raised by my dad it was it was he it was just us in, in our home and so i was never told that there were roles, that you know, women were supposed to do one thing and men were supposed to do the other. That to me was leadership, and that's all I knew. Um, and so I thought uh, growing up and, and learning about government and loving it the way that I did, I thought, well, I'll teach it. Um, and I'll, I'll teach this subject to high school kids. And so that's what I saw myself doing. Uh, but I became an advocate from the classroom for public education um, over the course of my career. was very outspoken about um, the economic impact that public education has on our state and how important it is to invest in our young people. And that's really what led me to this point. Um, you know, I've known Andy Bashir for a, a while, especially in his attorney general role. And uh, we basically realized that we saw the issues in, a, in many of the same ways, but Andy and I have very different um, work experiences. And those different perspectives, we think, played, at, played out really well um, in, our, in our teamwork through this campaign.
0: As we move forward and you and Andy Bashir are officially sworn in, you put the team together and in place. Day one, for you, what do you immediately want to start focusing on?
1: Well, for me personally, uh, my focus is going to be primarily on public education in Kentucky. Uh, I don't think it can be understated the, ma- the magnitude at which our education system impacts our current generation of kids and how the future of Kentucky's economy is in our classrooms today. When we talk about job creation and we talk about um, economic development and growth, Um, helping businesses who are here expand or encouraging businesses that aren't to come to Kentucky. That is the absolute foundation of all all of those decisions that those folks in the economic sector make. And so um, the sooner that we can start to invest in in our kids and the people that that work with our kids every day and lift them up, the sooner our economy is going to lift up. And so I think that is something that has to begin on day one.
0: The pension issue is something that needs a lot of attention. Uh, it continues to be a problem, just figuring out the best way to tackle it. Do you think that your administration is going to be able to cross those party lines and get things accomplished despite being Democrats facing a Republican-controlled General Assembly.
1: Yeah, and and you know, what I would really like to see is I would really like to see, especially after um, the campaign that Andy and I ran where we talked about Team Kentucky and we don't care what party you are, we don't care where you're from, we want to invite you in and to um, invite the experts in to help us solve our biggest challenges. Um, I would love to see Kentucky be an example for the nation of how we can have a Republican majority legislature, a Democratic governor who works together again on those issues that impact Kentuckians every day, the issues that bring us together, the issues that we're all um, worried about at the end of the day, public education being number one and making sure that our pensions are there and the promise that we've made our public employees can be kept. I think that's a noble thing to do, um, and to to bring folks to the table to be able to solve a problem like that would be absolutely, um, I think, inspirational for the rest of the country, and I would love to see us lead the way and do that.
0: You all made the decision to make teachers across the state part of the inauguration, the parade specifically. They're going to be the grand marshals, those folks that are sort of leading the parade, if you will, now that's got to be special, and I'm sure that it means a lot to those folks across the state who felt like that for many years, no one was listening to them in the Bevan administration.
1: Yes, and I was one of those teachers. I was at the Capitol um, when we had our protest. I was locked out of the Capitol with 12,000 of my closest colleagues from across the state. And um, I can tell you that from me personally, feeling like your family's financial future was hanging in the balance was bad enough but then to feel like you weren't being heard was it was just help we felt helpless Um, and i can tell you that's a really bad feeling to have from folks that you would hope would be representing you Um, and so andy and i made the decision that we were going to put teachers in the inaugural parade as our grand marshal because we felt like they could lead us to the capitol um, and then once we are sworn into office that celebration is going to happen where the doors are open to everyone in kentucky
0: Have you talked with Lieutenant Governor Janine Hampton about the transition and going forward?
1: I've met with her office, um, and I have to tell you that they have been absolutely as kind as they can be. Um, And I'm meeting with her this afternoon. So I have not yet, but we are getting ready to, and they have been um, absolutely as hospitable as anyone could be. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that.
0: Let's talk about your husband, because behind every great woman, there's a good man, probably. uh, He has had to hold down the fort a lot uh, these last several months, I would imagine. You say that you are a bonus mom to three, so how is life going these days?
1: So my husband Chris is also a basketball coach. That's how we met. Um, he's actually the coach at Frankfort High School just down the road. So um, our life has been uh, together has been very interesting. We've been married uh, for about eight years now. And we ha- I have two bonus sons, Will and Nate are 19 and 17. Um, and then we've uh, adopted one of my basketball players. Um, Emma's 22 and then of course we're having our first child so it's it's a blended family in every sense of the word but I have to tell you that um, Chris and the kids have been so excited Um, they've they've pitched in they've they've picked up the slack for me um, around the house because I'm not really home much but um, they are excited they are excited Real, they're, they're really looking forward to the inauguration and all the things that are coming with that. Um, and I just am so grateful to have a family that's so supportive. I'm, I'm a history and government teacher, and I know that decades ago this may not have been possible. And so I'm always grateful for the women who have come before um, who have kind of blazed that trail um, so that someone like me can, can do this.
0: Will you all make the move from uh, Mercer County to Frankfurt?
1: Well, we're looking we're looking yeah. at moving possibly okay. because um the boys both go to Frankfurt High School and Chris works there. So it just kinda makes sense. So we're kinda looking at that option. But you have that historic home. I can't you to give that up. I, I know. read that. Oh. I know.
0: <laughs> you know, it's one thing to be the new lieutenant governor, but you also have another title coming. You are preparing to be a new mom. Have you even been able to wrap your head around the fact that you are literally Going to be taking on both roles at the same time.
1: Yes, uh, that is something I try to get used to a little bit more every day. I just keep telling myself it's all going to be fine. It's it's all going to work out, and we're going to we're going to figure this out. Um, but it's like I say, this is my first pregnancy, and also the first time I've run statewide. So, in a in a weird sense, this is what I know to be normal, um, which is probably not normal, but that's okay. But um, I, there's a lot of great people around me when we campaigned. Our team was great. Um, we're building a, a wonderful team at the Capitol right now, and of course my team at home is is as good as it gets. So I'm very fortunate to have a lot of support and a lot of people around me that can help with that sort of thing.
0: What will Inauguration Day be like for you? Will it be emotional as you sit back and sort of take everything in?
1: I think I, I expect to be a little bit emotional about it because um, you, know, you fight for something so hard. Um, and we were so fortunate to be successful um, in what I believe is against all odds. Um, and to have my colleagues and teachers from across the state take part in this inauguration, the same teachers that I stood outside the Capitol with, you know, the last year or two, um, fighting for our pensions, that's going to mean a lot to me. And it, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't escape me the magnitude and the importance of making sure that our teachers are front and center and... Uh, you know, that's, that, that's on day one for the inauguration, but it's certainly throughout the administration as well.
0: Big thanks to Jacqueline Coleman when we sat down. It was literally a week until the inauguration, and I know that her head was probably on a swivel with so much going on ahead of the transition. So we thank her so very much, and we wish her the best both in Frankfurt and, of course, on the birth of her upcoming baby. Thanks for listening. Until next time,
1: I'll see you on the news.